Introduce him. This is, this is Scott. Scott uh, makes music as Blarg. And uh, Scott, tell us about yourself. Hmm. <laughs> That's a big question. Um, I guess, you know, I've been making music under that moniker for about 12 years. And uh, I guess I think of it as breakcore, but it's maybe not hard and heavy enough for some people to meet that categorization so it sort of gets lumped with idm maybe even though i don't really think of it as that and i've seen the drill and bass tag attached to that a lot which i don't think is even a valid tag of at all i don't know what that means yeah it doesn't mean anything so um yeah i've just been doing that for a long time now it seems like and uh i've had some great experiences along the way with doing that and pretty satisfied with my output so far, but always looking to improve and try new things, learn new stuff. And, um, I'm right on the edge of starting to transform my sound in a pretty significant way in my, in my opinion, significant, but, um, so what's yeah. that? What, what's significant about that change? I'm curious, like abandoning the, step sequencer software approach mm. and bringing in a different uh, compositional method with the uh, use of the title cycles software. So what what were you using before title the sequence? And FL Studio. Okay, that's Always. what I thought. So for a long time was basically, you know, I didn't get into synthesizers until a few years ago. I was more into like samples and seeing what could be done with samples mm -hmm. exclusively. So um, it was basically just FL Studio and SoundForge. Yeah, I remember when two. I was first introduced to your stuff, you're doing everything like destructive editing, right? Like within SoundForge, you'd bounce stuff out and then just do pretty destructive much. editing within SoundForge. That's pretty cool. Do you still go that route after you, you know, render what you're working on? Yeah, I mean, you know, SoundForge is great for just very rapidly editing things down into usable pieces. And um, after a while, I got into Audio Mulch, too, so that's kind of... Nice, yeah. ...shapes things in different ways that aren't so, like, static or whatever. But um, I think I kind of reached the conclusion of the in entirely sample-based approach, mm -hmm. at least for myself, and started to get interested in synthesizers, which I'd always kind of for some reason eschewed that, but I would use like samples of other people's synthesizers, which is kind of dumb or whatever. But, um, I don't know. I got interested in that. And then that kind of segued into, do I want to explore this like modular thing that's happening? And I took the plunge on that. Very glad I did. Um, I've actually learned a lot more about, you know, just regular synthesizers like hardware stuff from using modular. Yeah, I've had that experience too. Yeah, it's really opened it up for me, made it a lot more, I uh, can get a lot more utility out of things that are what I thought kind of vanilla. You can actually, 
if you really get in there and dig with the parameters, you can do more stuff with simpler items. But um, that kind of quickly was followed with um, my introduction to the title cycles software. And mm. so now I'm sort of at this point where utilizing those two things, um, totally abandoning the step sequencing linear, like visual kind of creating music with doing that new approach is been really exciting for me. And um, it's just, it's really flexible and it's, easy to get to very complex results in a short span of time versus plotting out every single, you know, yeah, discrete yeah. event. So uh, could you explain how you integrate the two, the modular and the title, and the, the how are you using them sort of to get together? So title is a pretty new development. It's open source, I believe that's the word you want to use for it. I'm, I'm not real that's not my world. I'm, I'm only dealing with this thing because it's an interesting tool to me. Uh, I'm not a programmer. I'm not, you know, that good with computers in general, I wouldn't say, but, um, my introduction to that was just a sample based manipulation thing. So it, it plays patterns. You can use samples and pattern them out in strange ways. But, um, shortly after I started to get a little bit, you know, adept with using that kind of code to to manipulate samples uh they came out with title midi so that allows you to use all of the sort of uh, i don't know what would the word be like the parlance of title with sending midi signals so that opened up um programming strange stuff uh with that code both samples and midi and then also translating uh, MIDI stuff to CV with a, a Kenton module that I have. Mm -hmm. And that sort of like those three things all together is a very weird, flexible, recursive, you know, thing to employ. So um, I was telling Nick on the way over here, I'm really excited to finally start implementing real time parallel like execution of patterns, some of it being MIDI, some of it being samples, and just recording the final output uh, versus making stuff, recording it, editing it down, and then bringing it into the sample environment. Because there's, there's benefits to both. So what I really would like to get to is a point where I can set up an environment of things, and it might be different per track or whatever, but sure. just you know having like, modular is going into audio mulch and I'm controlling audio mulch with title and I'm also using samples in title and all this stuff is coexisting and but it's all it's all related and coming from the same like plane of operation so it's really there's a lot of possibilities there and it's uh it's pretty exciting and it, it's it, it kind of helps me get to a place where you know I kind of have these ideas in my head of things I would like to accomplish, but I would never be able to do them just doing step based programming. Um, because it, it's just, you know, you have to divide things and count stuff. And when, when you have title, you're just saying like, this pattern is this, and I want it to do this at this time. And it just does the math for you. And hmm. that's, 
makes it fast and you get the cool result and you can just do it and move on. So I don't like belaboring over tracks. It's really painful. And, you know, my history has been to spend six months making a three minute track. That's, that's gets old. So I like to move on to the next thing. What got you into modular? Like, I'm always curious what the first thing somebody saw that, uh, was like, Oh, I want to try that. It was a maths for me in QMMG. It was a very classic, like, yeah. second wave Euro rack. Like, hmm, I got to try that because I'll never afford a surge or, you know, that type of thing. I think, uh, you know, I looked at the Muffs forum for a while and was just sort of like, wow, that's a whole lot of things to think about and not really knowing, like, how you would even use it. Mm-hmm. Um, just out of curiosity, kind of dipping in with that for a while, but... I think, you know, the first time I moved to Minneapolis and then that has Foxtone music there. So I was able to just physically walk into a place where there's a ton of that stuff. And I was fortunate enough to go there on a day when uh, Logan from Logan was there. And he was was working with Eric uh, at Foxtone in some capacity. And literally these guys spent like three hours just taking me through the basics like hmm. you know like this is a potential customer and they spent that time like saying like you know i'm thinking i'm kind of walking in there like if i were to try to maybe buy some stuff what would i do you know and they were really really nice and spent that time doing that and made it a lot more approachable i think than if i were to just kind of try to wing my way through it by like buying stuff online or whatever yeah yeah it so could be a costly trial and error experience. yeah and so that made it that made it a, a lot less intimidating i think and so i bought some stuff and what's uh, your first one i think i got a tip-top oscillator and okay. a maths and a vca uh I think I got a, a Pittsburgh filter too. And then uh, shortly after that, another oscillator and another filter. And <laughs> then the wheels came off and you just couldn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm the kind of person that dives in and does the minimal amount of education possible. So, you know, there's, of course, a fried module and totally my fault, you know, that kind of learning I've process. So, yeah. But yeah, I got that stuff and, um, Shortly, this was before I'd come across Title, so um, it didn't really that didn't really come into play till later. But I got the CV to MIDI right away because I wanted to be able to sequence with a you know with a DAW. So hmm. um, yeah, and I just kind of played that game of well, I'm just gonna get this much, and then that'll be I'll stop, and I'm beyond nine U at this point, and I have a, nice. I kind of like purposefully got a case that's way too big, so it's like never gonna be full, and it's still like one third empty, I think. So yeah. I I, I kind of got over that module lust after a, a year or so of yeah. that, and um, now I'm more casual about you know I have plenty of stuff to use, and it's not like I'm dying to have like any specific thing, and so I can just kind of have fun with it, use it, learn try to get some depth with the stuff that I do have. And yeah, that's, 
the sweet spot kind of I totally still feel like an infant in terms of like the things I know and you know I'm very like I try to approach it very like always with a blank slate like I'll, I'll try to maybe read about a particular technique and then just do I have the stuff to do that and then try to implement it and you know at the same time maybe produce something musically usable hmm. um, but yeah I still feel very humbled by the amount of knowledge that you can come across on the muffs forum like just the depth of that is astounding to me so i feel like this is going to be something i can pursue for probably the rest of my life and never really even feel like i'm like super good at you know mm. being a synthesist but um i like having that open-ended element to it and it's just I mean, there's so much stuff you can do with it. There's so many modules that uh, it's just mind blowing, staggering amount of stuff to, to check out yeah. and learn about. So it's really fascinating to me. Yeah. Growing all the time too. Like what was some of the things you've discovered moving to modular that maybe you couldn't do in other environments? Like what are some of the things that like you've learned or new tricks you've, you figured out, you know, just even what modulation is just understanding that at a root level i think has has been a like a mind opening thing like you know so you have like uh envelopes and stuff like that but using them to do things that you know fixed architecture sense don't do right. and like well what if you do that to this and then it's like well that's awesome why don't they have that on like everything you know so i i can't think of anything specific but yeah, just the openness of it and the sort of like, I mean, it's it's cool because it's like, it's so flexible that you have plenty of room to make crappy noises. Like it's totally up to you to shape it into something useful or not. And I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, but I, it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> not a great question. <laughs> Since the integration of uh, title in your setup, do you find like you're kind of gearing your rig towards a certain direction now where there might've been overlap with title? Or do you think like the two are going hand in hand pretty well with what you already have in your rig? I think they're going pretty well hand in hand. And I think the stuff that I have right now is pretty bread and butter kind of things. And I really want to, continue to get stronger with those more classic techniques um before i move on to the like i don't know what it would be like the third wave the crazy stuff the weird you know i mean there's so many i can't even think of them but so you're kind of using it mainly for like east coast style synthesis right now yeah you got your envelope your filter your voice yeah type of thing. okay but i do like the the make noise kind of weird you know applying things to aspects that you wouldn't think of you know for an east coast kind of style but i like to blend the two as well sure. um i feel like i need to get stronger on just the east coast style first before i plunge more into the crazier stuff but i know i'm gonna get there i mean it's it's really enticing yeah. um modular has sort of opened me up too as well as well to like I've made so much music that's incredibly rigid and step, you know, this stops here and this starts there and this is always in time with this, like that kind of thing. I've made so much of that kind of music that I'm really 
enticed by the floppy flexible quality of modular stuff so getting off the grid yeah yeah yeah. and i like combining the two so it's really you know i've you know you patch up the modular and like you're you're running renee with an envelope or something so you're getting weird time that doesn't really have a bpm or whatever Mm. and you know like this sounds great i have no idea how i'm going to use this how would this fit into like a step sequencer and that kind of thing you know, I, I recorded all that stuff because it was like the sound is too good to just let it go. But now actually with Tidal, I'm able to bring that in a lot more easily because of the way it works. It doesn't like box you in so much. So I like having this free flowing, weird gelatinous thing right upside this really rigid, like tight technical kind of thing. And that's exciting to me so i guess in terms of timbres maybe i'm not so far out there yet but at least i'm moving toward like the not so skeletal hard you know one two three four one two three four kind of sequencing stuff with the modular itself so are are you sequencing a lot within your modular or is that like strictly title at this point or other like, I really, I, I like to do both actually. Yeah. Um, I'm actually doing less of what I originally intended, which was, you know, just one volt per octave, like, you know, linear melodies and stuff like that. I thought that's more what I was going to use with the MIDI to CV, but I found that I really want to explore doing weirder things. So for instance, um, the Kenton has four CV outs and so title can, tell those CV outs to do LFOs or whatever. I'm, I'm interested more, I'm more keen to like try putting all those into a logic module and seeing what that spits out and having a sequencer be driven by that mm-hmm. rather than just note, 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 you know, sure. coming right yeah. out of the out of the computer. And so that's, it's it seems like you can just sort of try stuff and things will come out that you would never actually intentionally design that are way more interesting than what you may try to intentionally design. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I used to describe it to myself as like structured chaos. You know what I mean? Like when when I was trying to get into, when I was trying to break out of sequencing from my DAW and more into modular sequencing, I wanted to find something that, you know, you, it would align on the grid in some fashion, but not Mm -hmm. necessarily be programmed to the grid. You know what I mean? Like you said, like have, you know, a comparator generating gates, which would drive your sequencer, you know what I mean? And just coming up with entirely new structures that, I mean, I'm, there's definitely people out there that can think that up in software, but I'm not one of those, you know what I mean? Like the, the modular kind of brought that out of me easier. I was able to figure out shit like that, which I was struggling to do in software using like Badool and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, I feel you. <laughs> Do you have any sequencers, like straight up sequencers in your rig right now? Or are you? I, I mostly just use the Renee. Gotcha. Um, cool. I like what it, you know, I especially like putting weird stuff into the clock input that's, you know, like a, a square wave that the width is being modulated or something. So you get like bursts of notes rather mm-hmm. than just one, two, three, four. Um, I need to, I, I've, learned quite a lot from just using that sequencer but i i know there's still more i've never even implemented it to do but it's that's the main one and then i I kind of 
sometimes you know you can use transposition in cool ways with sequencers it's like well i'm using this 500 dollars module to like make the note change like every fourth <laughs> thing but you know or you can do it the other way too you can transpose it but just having tools to do that stuff is cool and it's interesting to see what happens even if you're only using like this you know one tenth of its power but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean next time you can't like have that be the center of the patch and have it be doing like this crazy octopus thing so uh sort of the opposite of that what is what are some things that like you've got or you've you've used uh that surprised you as far as like disappointments what was something you're like this is going to be great and then you you started using it, and you're like this isn't clicking with me for some reason the one that comes to mind most rapidly is the woggle bug hmm. i don't even know why i bought that thing like i got so <laughs> excited for it i think and i was you know maths was like wow and you know um what was some of the i know i've I had a couple other well like renee and then i i don't know i think i was watching the james sigler demo of that or something and i was like oh i can think of so many things i'm gonna do with this and then i got one and i just tried and tried and tried and yeah. could not get it to do anything i wanted it to do or anything random and cool it just i mean it didn't that one surprised me like i thought that that was gonna because i didn't have any any sort of random source in my rig at all so i you know i was like well i need this function so i'm gonna get it and then just i had to get rid of it it was it enraged me. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like the total opposite. Like I bought a Maths when they first came out, and I just never jived with it. Like, really? Uh, yeah. I would see Nick do like crazy shit with his, and I'm just like, I, I would play with one. And I would just, you know, nothing would be coming out of it like that. I was happy with. I ended up selling it within like a week, and uh, I had one of the Mark One Woggle Bugs, and I I loved it to shit. You know, what I mean, I used it. Wow. all over uh some of the prometheus stuff towards the end there it was i was using it for you know as a sound source and control and then i sold it at one point and now i have the the new version you know the the black mm -hmm. panel it's like slimmer and uh i use the fuck out of that thing like i don't know and i still don't have a math to this day like i see people to have like three four maths in their mm -hmm. system and it's just like i just don't get it you know what i mean like I'll, i have not wrapped my head around that module yet so listeners of the uh, program, they can email Greg and yell at him about that. Sysxdumpster <laughs> at gmail.com uh, and address it to Greg. Address it to Greg. Fuck maths. <laughs> I used to have two. Now I've, I've won again because two was a little too much. But Pretty wide. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, I wanted a little more variety, but I would never sell it. It's still one of my, one of my favorites, but to, each, to each their own and that's why we have all these yeah, different choices so. and you know I will, I've talked about things that I loved in even our last podcast that I've now sold really so it's <laughs> like I don't know next week you never know man yeah so what are what are some of the things that you'll you know they, they can take out of your cold dead hand that you've that you you know modules come and go but this is going to be in your rig you think forever I don't even know if I have something like that um I guess maybe I, I'm thinking of sound source ones. Uh, you know, I just use a pair of um, of the Tip Top Z three thousands, and uh, I have a the old version of the uh, PDO. Mm. But I still need to dig in with that one a bit more. Um, I don't think I have any super allegiance to any of mm. any of the things I have there. They're all kind of potentially 
able to be sold, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. kind of like what I got now is I, you know, I'm still learning it, so I'm not really bored with any of the things, but I don't have any super strong like do or die mm. pieces that spring to mind. I guess I don't have any because nothing spring to mind. So, are you like a super filter? Like, oh, I love filters, or is it more just like, eh, yeah, yeah, got a filter because I need it type of thing? Uh, I mean, I have four. There you Probably go. Too <laughs> many. That's my man right there. Yeah. <laughs> Probably too many. Yeah. Um, no such thing. Nope. Yeah, and you know, it's always like thinking about. Not, you know, I don't need to buy a slew. I have four filters, you know, that kind of things. So I kind of forget about that, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I don't know. I like, I'm starting to work with percussion, but it's not really going that well yet. But um, that's kind of something I'm more interested in checking out. But again, space and, you know, I don't know. I like things that double as other things. As much as possible. So you're saying you're you uh, are you talking about like drum modules in particular, or making drum sounds out of uh, you know, a sound source, an envelope, and a VCA, or both? Okay. Hmm. Which ones have you tried? Like which drum modules have you tried so far and enjoyed? I only have one, and I recently got it. It's the is it Neuron Audi- Audio Damage? Oh, the um. 8HP, like, drum... Or is it the wider one that came out? It's, no, that's the boom track is the wide one. And then there's the... The new one's the FM one, right? That one. Okay. That's the one. Yeah, the so boom, like, boom track's, like, I think more, like, analog style, and, and yeah. the neuron's more FM. I got that one, and so far I'm not able to do anything with it, but I haven't spent that much time <laughs> with it either. I feel like that was kind of like the woggle bug. Like, I'm like, holy smokes, and, like... I want that. So I just straight up bought it, which I usually just try to find stuff used. Yeah. But I just, I was like, I definitely want that. So I got it and then I just can't seem to get it to do what I want, which is odd. But I'm also sort of open to the idea of this could be something useful and cool that you didn't think you would use it in in a certain Mm -hmm. way. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of thinking about why separate percussion and non-percussion sounds and maybe like even why make it a bass sound or a lead sound or a pad sound like just kind of making patches and like whatever they are is what they are so if it has like a little bit of this percussion sound in it or whatever you know like it's just a piece of a thing and just trying to be more i'm trying to give it another chance and see if i can work it in somehow but as far as just like straight up drum beats um you know i only got a couple oscillators and a couple of you know, filters and envelopes, you, you sort of run out pretty quick yeah. if you're trying to build an entire drum kit. Yeah. So it's just an experiment to see what I can make out of it. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be the entire, the entire thing of percussion. It can be supplemental to samples or whatever else. So that's kind of the newest thing I've been working on. It's kind of not really going that great, but, you know... <laughs> It's all, you know, fumbling and baby steps all the time, so whatever. Doing anything with breaks still when it comes to percussion? Or I guess I should say for your drum sounds, are you still using, like, sample bass, but, like, synthesis for almost everything else? Or do you just not really differentiate anymore? Like you were saying, you just kind of, like, make patches, and if it has percussion elements, then, yeah, you just roll with that. I kind of just grab from everywhere. I I was really heavily reliant on 
using natural drum sounds in the past, but trying to mangle them into things that don't sound like that. Right. I've opened more to non natural sounds. Um, especially like deep kick drums and stuff. I always kind of shied away from that in the past. I don't, I don't really know why, but, um, after a while it just becomes like, well, there's more variety. So let's have that. Like I always want Mm -hmm. more. So of course more is always (laughs) better. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested in trying to widen that out and actually using title pieces of breakbeats and so forth isn't really that ideal. It's kind of better to use like single shots. So I kind of want to get into um, seeing how I can combine single shots with modular sounds and like everything's kind of more like just one sound per trigger kind of deal. Gotcha. Um, I need to also explore the Nord modular for percussion because there's a lot there and that's probably my most neglected item that I have like it's sort of like so amazing but so wide that you can't I don't know it's sort of too big or something like it's sort of intimidating like I can do anything uh, I'll choose nothing you know like (laughs) do you have the first or the G2 or the first one I have the 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 mini oh or the micro 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 module I used to have one of those I kind of missed that thing yeah it's pretty cool what's your setup for live performance now do you bring the modular out at all or is that mostly studio only I have never taken the modular anywhere. The cases that I have are not at all portable. Gotcha. Um, They're incredibly unattractive items that, you know. Did you make them, the cases? I didn't make them, but, like, the, the, the big black one that I have is, like, really supposed to be for a mixer. <laughs> it's, like, the big carpeted box. So, oh, nice. like, one of those. Yeah. Awful looking, but really ergonomic. <laughs> hey, so I, I dig that. Um I don't feel like I would bring that stuff around um, just because I, I, don't, I don't think it would work. It would, it's just I can't change the sounds fast enough. And, you know, I have to do quite a lot of noodling to get somewhere with sounds. And um, I just it just seems like not worth it. So um, this will be my third performance with Tidal. So I haven't really even done that that much, and I'm not really sure where I'm going with that. Um, so that's going to be entirely sample-based. I considered bringing the micromodular and running Tidal MIDI with that, but hmm. it just became too many things to juggle. And when it's yeah. a lot of text on the screen, it just becomes like, oh, my God, what is happening? Like, <laughs> just wanted to pare it down and try to focus on having it sound the best that it can. So, um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that but that could change scott's playing at wood street gallery tonight uh, which is a gallery downtown that actually has a rio giacata exhibit on the floor underneath too so we were checking that out a little before um we came over here to record this or kevin bednar who is bednar uh in pittsburgh has done uh title live coding stuff in the past and he's projected mm-hmm. his screen onto the uh behind him or have you done that or are you planning on doing that because it's such an interesting thing like you're not just someone standing there like like if we can't see that conceptually like oh i know that that's really cool but once once it's up there you're like oh that's just hypnotic to watch yeah uh every time i've done a title performance it's been projected that's cool uh there may be some disappointment because i'm not really going to be manipulating the code that much because i'm just plain not that good at it yet <laughs> um it's really 
not something that I've developed a skill in, in terms of improvising and making the code change in real time. Um, I will do an, a completely freeform improvisation at the end, I think. But in terms of the length of the set, it's going to be more like straightforward use of the code that already exists because it's pretty complicated. And just to even toy with it a little bit makes it fall apart sometimes. So we have seen that because we've seen Kevin like doing something and it's just like error, 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 error. Like just yeah. the screen just fills it red, yeah. which is really cool to see. <laughs> but like, I'm like, oh, God. I can I can't imagine like just watching the calamity unfold. Trying to troubleshoot code while you're like. <laughs> In front of a group of people, not oh, not a like fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just reminded me, like, I, I do love watching like the projection of that. You know, I mean, even if there's not too much manipulation yeah. going on, like mm -hmm. the the first time I watched Kevin use title, uh, it just reminded me of like the year two thousand one when I had first seen like Xanopticon and people like Dave and everyone mm -hmm. doing stuff live, and you, you know, I. I was only experimenting with shit in my bedroom at that point. I'd never really conceived of how this could be done live, you know what I mean? And I would, I would see, like, Ryan with his two desktop computers and a DJ mixer and, like, you know, Bedul and FL Studio and all this shit going on in his screen. And I'm just like, I have no fucking idea what I'm looking at, <laughs> you know what I mean, when I'd peep his screen. But I was like, it's it's cool to see, you know what I mean? Like, and, uh, you don't see that too much these days, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. you have no idea what's happening behind the scenes on somebody's laptop, you know what I mean? Like... I have no problems with someone doing a laptop performance. You know what I mean? I know some yeah. people do. And I think having that projection helps those people that are still kind of like hesitant to like, you know, give credit to a laptop performer. And they're like, oh, you know. They're just it, pushing a button. Right. Yeah, they're, like, they're not just pushing play. Yeah. There's something going on. They're not just checking their email. Right. There's something mm -hmm. actually happening there, you know, and it, it's fucking cool to see, you know, that that window into what is happening no matter what it is or even see it error out you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. i remember a few times you know things would crash like at hacker fest and things like that there was so many computer crashes going on gaps in the performances but you know it added to the, the i don't know the magic though. of it yeah exactly it's though. like this, this really could this really is on the cusp of falling apart right i was like yeah. these guys are taking risks you know what i mean they're, they're not just bouncing out their set to a cd and pushing play like they're you know, it's risky business, and it was really interesting to see. That blew my mind in 2001, and, you know, oh, yeah. changed the way I thought about everything. I haven't really been the same since, you know what I mean? So I think it's cool that, you know, people like you and Kevin utilizing title, I think, will maybe inspire people who, uh, you know, the next generation of people who want to get in electronic music and, you know, want to utilize a laptop and get crazy with it and not just generate like you know house music or something yeah. you know what i mean like this is i think this is like a interesting doorway for people like that who have not seen it before yeah i definitely had that experience what you're talking about when i first saw a title used which was uh by a guy named mike that lives in the minneapolis area he uh produces under the name kindome yeah kindome i don't i always thought it was kind ohm but oh. he's he says kindome it's like an anagram of his name. So. I saw him perform with it, and he's quite masterful at the improvisational element. And, um, yeah, because, you know, I, I heard about it. I heard about, you know, he, he was actually on NPR, Minnesota Public Radio, short piece talking about this. Because he, he, at that point, he was kind of involved in, like, 
code camp stuff mm-hmm. for kids and like trying to engage like young people around doing coding and stuff. And his thing was using this music thing. So he was on for that. And I, I had heard about that and I listened to it and I thought, well, that's probably really dumb. That's probably really lame. And I checked it out anyway, and I was really impressed, so I emailed him, and he was playing soon, so I went to go see him, and then I was like, okay, I'm literally the only people person watching it, but, I mean, I was floored. I was like, dude, you have to help me figure out how to do this because I want to do this. And seeing the, seeing the text on the screen and not having any clue what any of that stuff means, but listening and having that feedback and looking at it and seeing it change and then executing it and hearing it change, even just after that first observation of that performance, I kind of had an idea of what was going on. And it was like, it seemed approach. It seems like so futuristic and alien, but also very approachable. And fortunately he's a nice enough dude to like really spend some time helping me get up and running with that. And, um, yeah, it's refreshed, uh, my enthusiasm for, making music potentially more than it even was when I first started. Like it's like that exciting to me. I cannot like, I I will sit and write code with title or hours on end and not get tired of it. Cause it's just so fascinating and flexible and fun. And hmm. you'll be able to see that tonight. Uh, even if I'm not manipulating code that much, um, I think the code will probably be far more dense than, what you may have seen Kevin do. And then it has a lot of like cheater notes and stuff with weird names. I like code comments. Yeah. So yeah. Always that's trying to see it, that shit. It's totally necessary. It's just, it's literally like a huge long page of just mm-hmm. blocks and blocks and yeah. blocks of code. Plus it's not, it doesn't have indentation like, like a, like C plus plus or Java. It like can, you, if you want it to. Okay. I've, I've okay. never seen that before. It, it can, if you want it to, I didn't ever learn, I never learn anything the right way, so it, it doesn't. Mine doesn't, and it's probably harder to look at for that reason. But yeah, it's not. It looks like a mess. <laughs> actually, going back to like you were talking about, like Ken Dom. I've never actually seen him perform, but I've only heard recordings of it. Mm-hmm. So even without seeing that the that element of uh, the manip- the real time manipulation, all the, the the changes he's doing sonically, it's still also super interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recording of yours. I think I've only heard one of your recordings. Is there only one? Like recording of a performance? Yeah, performance. Yeah, there was one I put out on SoundCloud for a while. Likewise, that was it sounded amazing. But even without seeing all of that cool stuff with it. Yeah, and yeah, I think the having a good outcome, an interesting, pleasing musical outcome is always the bottom line. And and it helps you get to really strange conclusions. Like <laughs> It just like timing is so easy to be so flexible with and complex with, but you can also be really straight with it too. And there's a, you can swap between the two. And I mean, like the things you can do with time signatures and it's just great. (laughs) I love it. How much, like, I'm curious, how would you do like a, like a recursive kind of rhythm that's like a, you know, like an apex bouncing ball thing. Is that like something that you can conceptualize in your head, how you would do it? in there that's like a I'm, I don't know how that would like work yeah you could because you can um, you know you can just make a pattern and have it you can have a pattern that just has the one sound but then you can say every other or every next pattern you can say 
increase the density of that pattern by decimal points. Okay. So you could say you could create a, like a a piece of arithmetic that says every time next time a little bit sl faster. Okay. Like there's ways to do that. Yeah. Now, do you find like oh I want to kind of get better at math now that you've like got nope. in the title? No. Okay. Because <laughs> nope. that I was playing with some generative graphics stuff the other night like stupid JavaScript and HTML5 stuff and I was like oh I hit this wall where it's like I better learn a lot like I better get much better at algebra and I was kind of like oh fuck this you know. Fortunately with title there's a there. It's kind of sprung out of an academic place, so there's all these, oh, let's be mean and call them like code goons or something. I don't know. They're just <laughs> that's a, that's so fair. into like, look how elegantly I made this weird thing. Like, mm -hmm. and then they don't want to use it for anything. But those guys are willing to share that stuff with you. So, you know, I was asking. There's one guy in particular. I won't say what he is, but you know, he's like kind of always call him a goon. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of always got, he's kind of always got a solution to any kind of question. Like, how would you do this if you wanted to? And be like, well, you do this. And they're like, could you provide an example? <laughs> and then all you got, if you got that example, then you can twist that and change the values and stuff and make it do all kinds of nutty stuff. So there's a bunch of custom stuff I've incorporated into the back end of title for my particular machine. Huh. That is, of that ilk and there's like you know it's just about how cleverly can you code it like if you really know the nuts and bolts but if you don't if you just have the example and you have it in there you can turn a huge function into a single word so like every three do this thing and it's your specific code that you made and it's like it's yeah. it's great <laughs> i want to be able to like make an artistic effect and that's mm -hmm. the end right. of my care at that point that's when i realized when i got like max for live or whatever max msp it's like i like using people's stuff but i have no interest in digging into that or reactor or anything like the modular is kind of how i experiment like that because that's just more fun and readily understood by me i was like a definitely theft more fun. programmer for years you know i was a quote unquote programmer i was a good googler and theft <laughs> like <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Just end on me being a thief. End of podcast. <laughs>